me is this. Can I talk about the election just a little bit? You think it'll be all right? You sure? Well, it may not be what you want to hear. You know what I mean? Somebody said, prophesy. Well, I'll prophesy. (laughs) But I, I kept having this sense, you know, not because I know more than anybody else, but I kept having this sense that it wasn't going to work out right. You know what I mean? But my head wouldn't accept it. But inside of me, I had a scratching. Do you know what I mean? Because every time I prayed that way and believed for things to change and things to turn around and things like that, but I just kept having this sense that it wasn't going to go in the right direction. But I didn't dare confess it, didn't dare say it, didn't dare believe it. I mean, I meant, no, I ain't going to do it. But then one day, I finally got to the point that I realized that something here is not working right, and I asked the Lord to help me. And He impressed me. He didn't, I didn't hear an audible voice. An angel didn't fly down and appear to me. Uh, Jesus didn't appear to me. But uh, He said, impress me this way. The scriptures over in Isaiah, he said that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways are higher than your ways. And I was impressed to begin praying, God, let your thoughts to become my thoughts. Your ways become my ways. Your plans become my plans. See, what I'm doing, I heard it was an inward witness that was leading me in that direction. Now, my head didn't want to go in that direction. I listened to too many of them theories to the point that I could not hear God. I couldn't hear Him. So when I had that little sense inside, that little check, that little stop sign, that, you know, this ain't a working. I mean, I, I just didn't want to believe it. My head didn't want to believe it. There's no way that this could happen, you know. No way. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they investigating that? Why aren't they doing this? And you'd watch him hearings. You know, I even got to watching him hearings on TV. But God had to get me where he could talk to me. Because what I was thinking didn't agree with my spirit, even though I I just kept overriding it. So I got into a place of prayer with fasting. And I'm not saying that to brag, but just I I couldn't hear nothing. I lost 28 pounds, by the way. (laughs) That's one good thing come out of it. Lost a whole suit size. Lost a whole belt size. Britches right here, I got them double notched up. If I didn't, they'd fall down. So that's about what, what happened. But I mean, what I'm saying is I was serious because I couldn't hear God. I'll be honest. I'm, and I'm supposed to hear God. But I was so influenced by all the information and I couldn't hear. So what I'm saying is if we don't watch it, I'm not talking about just about the election. You can be so concerned about natural events, about the virus, you know, and what's going to happen, and I'm not saying that there's not things you ought to do or something, but you can get so overwhelmed by that stuff that you actually get in fear. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't have common sense, but you don't need to get in fear. I think that's what you taught us, isn't that right? So but I got to the place that I couldn't hear God. Remember, the most important thing is to hear God. Hear God out of all of it. And sometimes when we hear God... It's not necessarily what we want to hear at all. Many people ask Jesus, or people, I don't say many, people ask Jesus questions. And if you go look at the answers, most of the time he did not respond and give them the answer to their question. He knew what they needed to hear and he told them that. 
If you go read in the uh, New Testament, in the Gospels, you'll see that. Many times that would happen. So when I started praying that way, after I'd done run up against a wall, so to speak, in the Spirit, and it just seemed like the Holy Ghost wasn't helping me pray about these things, and it seemed like when I'd pray, it'd just get worse. Be more corruption come out. More, and it just, oh Lord, why didn't somebody do something? Then, then he gave me that impression. Again, it wasn't an audible voice. Start praying, his thoughts become my thoughts. His ways become my ways. His plans become my plans. And it took a week and a half of me praying that way and cutting everything else off till when, on a Wednesday morning that the Spirit of God came upon me. And for the first time in all the prayers about the election, the Lord showed me and He said to me, the Word of the Lord came to me. And He said, the way you're praying is not going to work. He said, you've become incensed and angry about all this. And he said, you've got to take off the cloak of bitterness. And I was bitter. And he said, you need to put on the cloak of love. He said, also, he said, you need to take that anger out of your life and put on compassion. And I'm just paraphrasing what he said. He said, if you'll recall some of my last dying words hanging on the cross was, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he said, when Stephen was being stoned, I believe it was in Acts chapter 7, Stephen was being stoned, and they were killing him, a preacher of the gospel, an apostle of God, being stoned. He said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. My God, I don't know if I could have done that or not. And I told the Lord that. I said, this is too hard. You're telling me to love these folks that are trying to run over me and do all this kind of stuff and take away my rights and all that. I'll, so I'll start a doggone revolution. <laughs> we'll go for these folks. And the Lord said, your ways are not my ways. Man's way. He said, so start praying in this direction and the love came upon me for this lost and dying world. Even those that are doing evil, how can you... Love somebody that's doing evil. How did Jesus love them while he was hanging on the cross? And they were hanging him to die. He was taking his last breath. And I said, oh, Lord. And I just, I was kneeling down, so I just kind of collapsed down on the floor, sitting there, because it hit me so hard. And I'm not, not real emotional, but I began to weep and cry in the spirit about our nation and about what was going on. And I knew then that it wasn't going to turn and it wasn't going to change. And it wasn't what I wanted to hear. And the Lord wouldn't allow me or permit me to speak about it because other people were not in that position either to hear. And I finally did, of course. But uh, the Lord went on to say to me, which I haven't said a word to anybody about this, but I have liberty this morning. Because a question would arise with Mr. Trump being uh, so much, doing so much for our country, especially for the Christians, Israel, you know, moved our, our uh, what do you call it, embassy back to Jerusalem, recognizing that it's the capital of Israel, which uh, there's been a lot of hate over in that world, part of the world, for years about that, and doing all those things. Why did he not get back in office? Wasn't it God's will? Yes, it was God's will. 
I believe it. And I believe that there was a lot of fraud and all that. I mean, it was proven, you know, out there, even though nobody ever heard it. But how did this happen? How did they get away with it? Why didn't the FBI, the Secret Service, and everybody else investigate? They investigated the people that went to the Capitol. How come they couldn't go get them folks? I don't think not one person got arrested. I heard later on somebody might have got arrested. But, you know, and some of the judges finally made some decisions, but it still don't help the election. And he said, do you know why? Not the only reason, but do you want to know why the main reason was, the main two reasons that he didn't go back in there? And I said, yes, Lord, I'd like to know. He said, the first reason is the church is behind in their praying. I'm not saying every church. I'm not saying every minister. He said, but these prayers should have started been praying three and four years ago. And he said, right now, everybody's praying, and it doesn't mean that their faith has failed. That's the way the Lord showed me. And it don't mean that your prayers hadn't worked. He said, it's just that. Some of these things takes a year or two to change, and you can't do it overnight. And he said, you can't do it just with a prayer of faith alone. All prayers prayed in faith. He said, it takes intercessory prayer, which takes time, and the Holy Ghost working with you. And he said, the church is behind in this, number one. Then it reminded me of where Jesus appeared to Dan Hagen in 1970 and 1979 and told him at that time, Dad Hagen, and he, he wrote books, and it's in some of his books, how that he was holding the church responsible for the president's mistakes. And that all the riots, the tumults, and disturbances, he said it was the church's fault because they had not taken their place in prayer like they should. Now, should we quit praying now? No. This should make us aware that we can change these things. It don't matter how it looks. God can help us if we won't give up and quit. Now, everybody's known that. I've said that and I've shared that, but I haven't shared this. But what could have Mr. Trump done differently? And this is what the Lord taught me now. I, I don't know. I'm, I, I, got a, I ain't even got a high school education. So you can't claim it on uh, my uh, degrees. But the Lord said, <clears throat> President Trump could have done some things differently that would have guaranteed his reelection. I said, well, Lord, what, what could he have done? I'm not a politician. I'm not a strategist or all that. Turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 4. This is what he taught me. It's the first time I've shared it. Now, I want you to know, I'm not putting Mr. Trump down. I'm not putting anybody down. I thank God for what he was able to do to help us to the extent that he did. And I'm not saying that he couldn't come back and get reelected next time around. I'm not saying that. But I, I did learn something in all this, too. I, I learned, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about our uh, electoral college and how all the states, but it seemed like to me, one of the things I learned, that the states were more powerful than the presidential office when it comes to the election. In other words, who you got in your state offices, secretary of state, the governor, the legislators, and who's over the voting and the election of that state, they have more power than I ever thought they had. And so it started us in Florida praying in a different direction because we're praying for the president, but buddy, we better get to praying off these other offices. Because they're going to determine what goes on up there. You know what I mean? Once they get in office, the president, yes, things can happen, but it's the lower offices we think is not, don't mean anything. They mean a lot. We found out in this election. 
And I learned that too. <clears throat> With his ears, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. I'm just going to go uh, just to read just a little bit of it. I, I don't know, but not all of it. But he had a dream and he couldn't get it interpreted. He didn't know what it meant. Uh, he called all his soothsayers, uh, uh, magicians, and people that's supposed to know all this stuff. And he wanted to know what the vision was. He told them what the dream was, but he didn't know the interpretation. And uh, let me try to get down here to a scripture where it'd be good. All right, let's start in verse 19. But anyway, this is setting the stage. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And he wanted to, the wise men of his kingdom to interpret it for him. Uh, uh, what we'd call witch doctors, soothsayers, fortune tellers, whatever else that was working for the devil. And they couldn't get it. So somebody said, there's a man over here who can tell you. And they was talking about Daniel. He was a child of God. He was a man that sought God. He was a man that eventually, remember, they, was going, they throwed him in the lion's den because he would not stop obeying God. That's the way you are here. It's the way your pastors are. So if they get in the lion's den, I don't know if I'm going there with them or not. But anyway, <laughs> I, you know, and you know, you remember that uh, three-year-old pastor's son, don't you? Y'all remember him? The pastor and his daddy was, the pastor was standing up there shaking hands with folks as they were leaving the church one morning. This, his little pastor's son, three-year-old, come out of Sunday school class, you know, a little taller, running around real good, you know. He come up and grabbed his daddy's bristle leg. Daddy, 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 let me tell you what I learned in Sunday school this morning. He said, son, just wait a minute. I'm shaking people's hands. He said, okay. He stood there about five seconds because that's their length, you know, of time to wait. He grabbed his daddy's breath. Daddy, 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 let me tell you what I learned in Sunday school this morning. Let me tell you, daddy. He said, son, just wait. Some of the folks standing around there don't. said, let him talk. Let him talk, preacher. We ain't bothering us. Ain't hindering us. He said, okay, son. He knelt down there and got with him close to his, his level. He said, what'd you learn? He said, we learned about Daniel in the lion's den. He said, what'd you learn, son? He said, I learned that when Daniel was thrown in that lion's den, he said, them lions went to praying that Daniel wouldn't eat them. <laughs> that boy had a revelation from God, I'm here to tell you. Everybody busted out laughing. He kind of had it turned around. But that might have been the true thing. That might have been a word from God. Y'all thought Daniel was scared them doggone lying. Oh, God, don't let him get us. Y'all remember the Weezer of Oz. They were lying the head on there. But anyway, yeah, you ever seen that? But anyway, that's long ago. But anyway, them lions, he said, went to praying that Daniel wouldn't eat them. So if you go in the lion's den, you know they're going to be praying that you won't eat them. So just remember that revelation. So this is that Daniel right here. They got thrown in the lion's den. He was a man after God's own heart. He sought God even when they told him he couldn't pray. He went, he opened his window because it was the, the thing to do. He was praying towards Jerusalem because <coughs> they was in captivity. And he would kneel down and pray and then they made, had made an evil decree, remember, and got him thrown in the lion's den. Anyway, they brought Daniel to interpret this dream for uh, uh, the king. So then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, that's the name they had given him, but his real name was Daniel, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. The king spake and said, Belshazzar, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. In other words, Daniel's interpreting what's going on. He said, Belshazzar answered and said, My lord, the dream be to them that hate thee in the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. In other words, he's trying to be as nice as he can about it, telling this king this. 
because this king could have his head cut off right here. And he saw this dream, and he said, The tree that you saw, which grew and was strong, whose height reached into the heaven, and the sight thereof to all the earth, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and it was meat for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and upon whose branches the fowls of the heaven had their habitation. It is thou, O king, that art grown and become strong. In other words, you've got a strong kingdom. And that's what Daniel is interpreting in his dream. For thy greatness is grown and reacheth unto the heaven, and thy dominion to the end of the earth. In other words, he's over every doggone thing they knew about in that day. That's how much prominence this king has been raised up. Verse 23. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, Hew the tree down. In other words, this kingdom. And destroy it. it. says, Yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven, and let his portion be with the beast of the field, till seven times passes over him. In other words, there's going to be seven years of things that's happened. Verse 24, This is the interpretation, O king, Daniel's telling. And this is the decree of the Most High which has come upon my Lord, the King. This is what's coming upon you in this dream. That they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field, and they shall make thee eat grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee till thou, notice this, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he wills. God does it. And whereas thy commanded, they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. In other words, not you, but God is greater than you are. This king had the wrong attitude. He thought he was bigger than God. He thought he could tell what God what to do. And he said, you're going to acknowledge something. He said, wherefore, verse 27, O king, let thy counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of the tranquility. Verse 28. All the things that Daniel says, all this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. That's who Daniel was talking to. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The great, the king spake and said, Is not this the great Babylon that I have built for the house of thy the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? In other words, he's acknowledging that I'm some great one. I don't need nobody else. I am the man. I am the one in charge, large and in charge. It's me. It's who I am. It's my ability that I have established this great Babylon. While the word was in the king's mouth, while he was bragging about it, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. 
and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with a beast of the field that shall make thee to eat, uh, make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times uh, shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Buddy, your pride has caught up with you, is what he's telling this guy. You think if you're the great one that you can float like a butterfly and sting like a bee and that you're doing this on this own because you're just a great strategist and you know how to do these things? This is what God is saying to him. Thank you for getting excited. I know you want to run. <laughs> Verse 33. The same hour, the same hour that God said it to him was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. And what happened? He was driven from men. He had to go out from society, go out from his place, go out from his kingdom, and did eat grass as oxen. He ate grass like a cow you see out here, or a horse you see in a pasture. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. When you see the king eating grass, you know something wrong. <laughs> he did eat grass as oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till what? till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers. Hairs popped out all over his body like feathers. That's what it says. And his nails like bird's claws. That's what it says, isn't it? It's in the Bible. It says, and at the end of the days, I Nebuchadnezzar, look at this. It was seven years going through this. And at the end of the days, I Nebuchadnezzar lifted up my eyes unto heaven. And my understanding returned unto me. And do what did I do? I blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. Oh, that's a different attitude than a little earlier, isn't it? After he had ate grass like a cow, and growed hair like feathers, and had to... Uh, fingernails like eagle's talons growing out from him. He come to his senses and he started acknowledging God. That's the first step to getting God to help you. He said, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? At the same time, my reason, in other words, he came back into his right mind, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Now, verse 37, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor who? The King of heaven. Not himself. Not him lifting up who he is. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Now, I say this kindly. I say it generously, but I'm saying it by the Holy Ghost. One of Mr. Trump's problems, if he had any, you know, he was perfect. And I'm not belittling him and I'm not glad. He got to thinking that it was him. He didn't know that we had prayed him in there. He didn't know that it was only by God when he come floating down that elevator. He didn't float, but you know, come down that elevator and said that I'm going to run for president. And when he would give them speeches, it was what I have done. 
And, what, and I'm not knocking him, don't get me wrong. I'm just telling you, I'm learning from the experience. Look what I am. What I am. Look what I've done. I've run the stock market. This is the greatest market we ever had. This ever this, and all that's good, and that is true. But if it wasn't for God, Mr. Trump could have never done it. Woo! <laughs> I know you got your AR-15s out in that truck. Lock the door, boy. Don't let them. <laughs> I know you got it. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not knocking him. I love him. I have compassion. And I'll tell you the truth about it. I, it's my fault. If I'd have prayed for him more, he wouldn't have made that mistake. But again, the Lord showed me this. You judge it. Throw it away. You can do what you want to with it. You don't have to accept it. But Mr. Trump has been humbled before God. Even though he was God's choice and God's voice, he got to the point that he did not acknowledge God. He even had people around him that were supposed to be giving him godly advice. The best advice that they could have given him. Undoubtedly, he didn't get it. If he did get it, he didn't listen to it. Mr. Trump, you need to kneel down in this Oval Office and raise your heart and eyes and hands to God and say, God, I acknowledge you. And you're the great God of heaven and earth. And without you, I am nothing. Even though I may have abilities, without you, I have no abilities. I can't do nothing. And God, you're the one that done these things. You just use me as an instrument in your hands. The Lord showed me and said to me, back yonder, this time that he was talking to me, never said it publicly, this is the first time. Never wrote nothing on it, this is the first time. He said, if he'd have done that, he said, I'd have put him back in there. He said, but he had to learn a lesson. Now, I'm not saying he's not going back in there. But I'm saying this. You can listen to voices around you. And like he was surrounded by a lot of voices, right? And like I was surrounded. So I'm not putting him down. But he was listening to voices a lot of times that didn't help him to correct a few things. And I, I mean, I can't even hold a candle or a light for him to see by, as Granny would say in the country. So I'm not comparing myself to him. But I know this. When you take the glory from God and you take the credit from God, no flesh, God said, is going to glory in my presence. Greatest stock market we ever had in the world. I mean, my God, we ain't never had the jobs I'm doing that. And that's all true. But if it wasn't for God, He wouldn't have been able to do it. Now, will God raise Him back up? Will God bring Him back up? Certainly God can do it. And I'll guarantee you, He's probably right now a different person than he was on January 19th. All that illegal stuff we saw, why didn't they hear it? Why didn't the Supreme Court hear it? Well, I know them judges are mad. Wait, 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 wait. you got a supreme God up there. You know what I mean? Number one, we the church need to pray ourselves more about these, all these offices and about people that run this land. In fact, maybe some of you good godly folks ought to just go ahead and run for public office. Some of y'all need to buy some doggone TV stations. I mean, whole networks. Somebody needs to buy some of them Facebookings or whatever you call it. What are the Facebookings and what do they call it? Social, media. Social medias, yes. 
by that because we found out that the heathens own all this stuff. She said, I'm going to turn her and I'm going to let her go on this stuff. Let her run this thing. That's the truth. I mean, we learned some things in this. This thing's been flip-flopped, but it's not hopeless. I've learned a lot. I mean, I don't know it all, but I've learned. In this situation, buddy, I'm going to pray different. The first thing we're going to do is what? We're going to get right with God ourselves. We're going to know God for ourselves. And we thank God, yes, we can receive. We need other people helping us. And we need to be taught and trained. All of us do. Me, number one. But I need to learn also to hear God for myself in strategic situations and circumstances because He'll lead you and guide you. Number two, we need to pray for those elected officials in every office like we never have before. Pray the way God leads you. You know what I mean? Because God can do things. I remember when the church uh, was praying in Acts chapter 12 and uh, they got, Peter got arrested and John got arrested and they, they killed John, remember? And, and then they was going to kill Peter. And God sent an angel down to get him out of prison. He opened the gates. I don't know where the angels were when I was in there. But anyway, they didn't come let me out. <laughs> got him out. And then Herod was bringing so much persecution on the church that he was sitting up there giving a great speech, not acknowledging God. And what happened? The angel of the Lord smote King Herod. When you get smoted by the angel of the Lord, you're smoted. And he died. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying pray death on folks, but I'm saying they were sincerely praying. I'm sure, maybe, I don't know, but maybe they weren't praying for that to happen. But God saw this is the only way to make it happen. And, and he's the one that's got to work that out. You know what I mean? And you be led by the Holy Ghost in what you do and pray. But I tell you, we need to pray, number one, we need to get right with God. Close to what I mean by that. You're right with God if you're born again. Get close to God. Get to know His voice. And it just takes time in His presence. Pastor Jason and I were talking about these things right prior to church. And, and one of the things that we both uh, discussed and we both uh, totally agree on is this. Is that consistency, being consistent in prayer, is a key to success in God. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people will pray and they'll get excited and they'll pray for a week or two and then they fall off and they don't pray again for three months, you know. Be better to be consistent and have you a time that you pray, that you seek God, that you don't let anything else bother you. And I'm not saying you've got to pray 24 hours a day, but set a, a reasonable time that you can seek God for yourself and be, get to know Him as your Lord and Savior. And the Spirit of God will lead you and guide you. Number two, remember, after you do that, too, and, and add it with it, we want to pray for those in authority in this land. Because I don't want to share with you, and I'm not going to share with you, some things I see out there if we don't do this. And I'm not a doom and gloom preacher, but I, I can see it out there. Then, uh, number three, let's remember what happened to Nebuchadnezzar, the king. Be sure to give God the glory and credit for everything. The Bible says in the New Testament that no flesh shall glory in my presence. Make sure we give the glory and honor and praise to God and acknowledge Him and lift Him up for every good thing that happens in your life and I'll guarantee you He's going to promote you as long as you know where that promotion comes from. Don't look to man to promote you. Look to God. Because if man puts you up there, somebody said, and I believe it about to be true, then man can take you down. But if God puts you in there, 
then He can get you in the right place at the right time, even though when it seemed like it ain't going to work. 